That song, Hallelujah, All I Have is Christ, that's all we need. Amen? Let's take a minute to pray. Oh Lord, I desire to glorify your name. Use my words today to accomplish this. In Christ's name, I pray. So the, the title for my message today is, We Have a Continuing Debt to Love One Another. So this message is the fourth in a series of many messages about one anothering uh, at our first Sunday evening gatherings. And I'm not sure if one anothering is actually a word in the dictionary, but the concept describes how we are to relate to each other in the church. The phrase one another is derived from the Greek word halilon, which means one another, each other, mutually and reciprocally. It occurs a hundred times in the New Testament. Approximately 59 of those occurrences are specific commands teaching us how to relate to one another. Obedience to these commands is imperative. It forms the basis for all true Christian community and has a direct impact on our witness to the world. Let me repeat that because it's important. Obedience to these commands is imperative. It forms the basis for how we function as a church and it has a direct impact to those in the world. Here's some of the uh, one another commands, uh, just to familiar yourself with, familiarize yourself with them, as well as they will be uh, topics of uh, sermons in these Sunday evening services. Honor one another above yourselves. Encourage one another. Live in harmony with one another. Stir one another up to love and good works. Accept one another. Care for one another. Serve one another, bear one another's burdens, forgive one another, comfort one another, exhort one another, show hospitality to one another, pray for one another, and confess your faults to one another. God is very clear about about how he wants us to treat one another. The commands are specific, The verbs are descriptive. Honor, encourage, serve, admonish, accept, forgive, comfort, pray for, exhort. Brothers and sisters, this is our to-do list for one another. And, you know, as as I was as I was doing this study and, and, and looking at God's word and looking at the one another's, um, the reason why God's so intent on showing us these commands is um, because the, the, the church is God's answer. Um, there is no plan B to 
glorify God in the world or to spread the gospel other than his church. Um, from beginning to end, uh, in, in the middle is, is Jesus dying on the cross and then the church starting up and that's God's answer is a church. We're, we're, the, we're, we're it. He's, he's put it on the church, right? There's, there's no plan B. There's no uh, something happening over here, over there. Yes, there are parachurch ministries, but God's word is clear. His church is where it's at. For it. And um, so now that I have the, the context of one another, let's uh, turn to our scripture verse for today. Give Romans 13, 7 and 8. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. Yeah, like a couple weeks ago, right? Um, if, if revenue, uh, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The Lord made it clear to us that as Christians, we must render to all their due. Taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs are due, fear to whom fear is due, and honor to whom honor is due. We must endeavor to owe no man anything except to love one another. When you have paid all your debts, taxes, customs, and reverence, and whatever else you may owe, there will still be one debt unpaid, the universal debt of love. Love must remain the root of your actions. No other law is needed besides. Love as a debt is indeed exceedingly great. If you know, owe no man anything, but you owe men love, your debt is huge. Because, first of all, the creditors are so many. Love is a debt due to all men. It's due to your family, church members, co-workers, neighbors, many creditors of that debt. And the, liabil the liabilities are so numerous. It requires so much to pay it, such as in 1 John 3, 1, 3, 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And thirdly, this is, a, uh, this is huge because the discharge of this debt can never be complete. The more it is paid, the more that it's felt to be due. We are to love one another. As Jesus said in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And the, the classic example of the biblical definition in love from 1 Corinthians, love is patient and kind. 
Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Jesus has commanded us to love one another. It's not a suggestion. It is one of the fundamental requirements of God's word. However, we can never accomplish this without daily abiding in Christ, daily abiding in his word. And as Pastor Tim has preached about that, we cannot love uh, apart from abiding in Christ. Well, we've looked at our unending debt of love to our fellow man. How does this continuing obligation of a debt of love affect us? How does it affect our church? Are we experiencing success in keeping Christ's command to love one another? These last two years of COVID have wreaked havoc on our families, our churches, our schools, and our businesses. We can all relate to the devastation and the division that this has caused. And it will probably be years before we really understand the magnitude of that destruction. But God is still sovereign. He created the heavens and the earth. He rules over time and space. He is going to complete the good work in us. Jesus is coming again. Nothing will impede his plan and his schedule. God has a plan for each of us, our family, our church. He wants to glorify himself and make his name famous throughout the world. He will accomplish this. He is faithful from generation to generation to a thousand generations. So as we consider the challenge to renew our commitment to our continuing debt to love one another, is it possible that we also need to examine our hearts? Is it possible we become like the church at Ephesus in Revelation? In Revelation 2, it says, I know your works, your toil, your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this you have, you hate the works of the Nicolodians, who I also hate. 
He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The church at Ephesus was commended for many things, but they were rebuked by Jesus. Because I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Their love had become cold. Has mine, has yours, have the intense difficulties of the last two years taken a toll on your love for your fellow believer? Has it taken a toll on your passion and zeal to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Does having a continual debt of love for your fellow church members seem impossible? Well, God addresses the church at Ephesus with their sin of cold-hearted love. And then he provides the remedy. First, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Second, repent. Third, do the works you did at first. May God grant us revival to each one of us, to our families, to our church, and may we be encouraged in our debt of love to one another. I'll go ahead and pray for the, the meal now, too. Lord God, we thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for this family. Uh, Lord, I love your church. I love these people. And Lord, you are precious to us. And so we, we thank you for this family time, this family gathering. And now I pray for the meal that we're about to eat. May you bless it. Thank you for those that made it. Thank you, Lord, for your servants. Um, bless our fellowship, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Three.